Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Hey everyone, it's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there is a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with some insights, tips, and best practices and breathing room from the critical work that you do every single day. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. Thanks so much for tuning in. So uh, with us today, we have back again for a second episode, Ty Holmes. Hey, everybody. Uh, Ty Holmes again. Happy to be back. I'm a National Director of Content and Implementation with Curriculum Associates, and I'm excited to have another opportunity to, to chat with you. Yes, we're so excited to have you back. And we were really enthralled with our amazing mathematical conversation that we had last week. But this week, we really want to dig in and talk a little bit more about relationships, not only relationships in the math classroom, but just how people are approaching really hard topics now. I know that um, as we as we dive into the sort of difficult topics, like, you know, topics about American society and race and so forth, I know that these are really, really hard and emotional topics. And we are not, um, we are not trained to talk about this stuff, right? We're trained basically to not talk about it, to avoid it until it bubbles over, like until, you know, we're just raging and, you know, we come together with all of this emotion and energy and then that dissolves and then we go back to, you know, our sort of separate corners, if you will, and then in another 50 years it bubbles up again. Um, So while these are tough topics and while we're not trained to talk about them, I hope that folks understand that my intention for bringing these up is really to bring people together, right? But you can't really come together if you have uh, like this pain and these issues that you're, you know, and these discrepancies and inequities that you're not willing to talk about. Like if you have a family and you've got an uncle that has always pissed you off, like has always been abusive and negative and so forth, and you love your uncle and you want a relationship, you know, with that family member, you can't have a relation, a real relationship if you pretend that all the hurt, the pain and the habits and ways of being don't exist. You have to confront those and say, look, us coming together is more important than those ways of being, but we have to be critical, almost scientific about the ways in which we interact that hurt each other and cause us to come apart, right? So that we can truly have peace, reconciliation and come together. Because that's really, you know, in my, in my mind, that's really what this is about. I think that anger arises uh, when there's a perceived lack of love in the world, right? Omission causes pain. The the stuff we leave out, like it, it really does cause pain and that pain grows. Um, and sometimes it grows so strongly that we don't even know how to express it, right? So when it comes out, it comes out in a way and it shocks people, right? Um, so I think it's really important to be as inclusive as possible, uh, especially for groups that are just historically not included, um, so that you really that we really begin to learn how to come together and be a real community. I mean, like, there's so many things I think that keep us apart, um, but we've always had like you know these sort of written ideals, right, with like fine print. 
and the you know the devil is really in the fine print, so to speak. Um, but we're you know we want to live those ideals because they give us a north star, if you will, uh, and that you know those ideals are the things that can make a more I think loving and just world. Really bring people together, um, and that requires that requires you know coming together and talking about the places that hurt. Like it's energized information, it's it's guidance, it's fuel, it's designed to give us the energy to get up and literally find the love. Like that's um, why I think, you know, these things will continue to happen until we're just willing to be honest about how America is set up, the sort of the, the other untold narrative of America um, and how it's created where we are. Um, and how a huge part of that creation has been keeping people apart. And I would say, I would add to that, not only is the narrative keeping people apart along racial lines, religion lines, um, uh, LGBT, I never say that right, God, and I'm part of the community, (laughs) LBGTQ, LBGTQ lines, it is really hard to be a human right now. And it is hard for us to stay connected, even though we're forced to be six feet apart. And we're trying to stay informed, but it feels like whiplash every two seconds. And I love what you said. I mean, this is what I heard you say is returning to love, getting back to what matters. And even the way you were just talking reminds me of it reminds me of what you just said last episode around math discourse, because what you were talking about, Uncle grumpy, let's call him Uncle Grumpy, right? Um, Sometimes students come to the math classroom with math trauma and previous experiences and a lot of hurt and and feeling like they they don't deserve to be in the math class. So I think the way that we were talking about math discourse is the way that we can really hold space for students right now, even in a virtual classroom, even in the classroom, because this forming relationships and remembering the human element of why we're doing this how can we return to love? How can we return to care? How can we prioritize relationships and everything that we're doing? Because as Brene Brown says, people are hard to hate close up. So let's move in. Yeah. Yeah. I, Danielle, I, I totally like just really agree and resonate with what you're saying. I mean, the, we know as adults, when we're around someone and you know, you get that suspicion that they don't really like you. Like, you know what that feels like? It's like a little bit of like, it's like that little ESP moment where you're like, I don't think that person really, even though they haven't said it, a child knows if a teacher believes in them or not. Like they know it, they can sense it, like they pick it up. And if you've gone as a child year after year, where your grades and the way folks interact with you tell, tell you that this topic or this subject is not for you, you will literally divert your attention elsewhere. Like you're literally decide, like I'm either gonna stay here and fight to prove you wrong, but what, uh, what child is at third grade or you know, second grade or fourth grade is gonna feel that mathematics is the worthy terrain for the fight? Right. Like right. on their own, right. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like in many cases, they'll divert their attention elsewhere until they start to believe that they can't do it. Right. And when teachers shift and open up that classroom so that they can connect in terms of relationship with students and students can sense that the teacher's like, yeah, this language is, is for all of us. Like we can all speak it. 
it literally changes the dialogue. And it's like, and sometimes you'll struggle and other times you'll excel, but as you continue to stay in the language, you own more of the language. Like when that becomes the narrative for mathematics, the trajectory is gonna be completely different. And I, Danielle, it reminds me of the survey that you've mentioned on, the pre, is that what you're gonna say? <laughs> on the previous episode where you talked about now more than ever, actually teachers are saying that they feel that they're able to develop a stronger relationship with their students and even their families because they're forced to, and they're able to get a look inside where the student is and ask about objects in their house or wherever they are, or see a dog run by and say, oh, what's your dog's name and stuff like that. So this time, although as stressful and crazy and bizarre that it is, there are definitely some silver linings that that we can all use to to see each other more and get closer to use the, the quote. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and Ty is talking about mathematics. Um, Sarah was just talking about relationships, and I'm going to add data-driven conversations to that as well. Like I, I, we've had previous episodes last season where we talked about the power of students in the know or students who grow. If you can continue to have inclusive conversations with families and students around how they're doing with great, valid, reliable data, but yet the students let show the students where they're starting, show them where they need to go, include them in that conversation, have a language together, and and believe that they're more capable than we think. And the when we were speaking with Megan a couple episodes ago, she was talking about the discipline practices too, similar tie to what you just shared. Like if if some if a student feels like they don't matter, they're going to start to act out. So I think we could really do more listening. We could do more learning with each other. And now more than ever, it's so essential to really learn about your students, to really know where they're coming from. Take the time. Ty talked about last episode about just time in mathematical classrooms. I would say time in general. And why not take more time? If you're designing your own virtual schedule, maybe you can build in the time. But I think it's where if we can get back to the human element of education, then I think we can start to really close the gaps in a very powerful way through the human experience. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like kids, like I watch my own kids, like they come home and they'll tell me, like if they think a teacher does not like them, I watch how their attitude toward the class changes for the next like, Literally the like, ah, direction. like all of a sudden, bells are ringing. Yeah. Like, all this, well, all this, if they think a teacher like doesn't like them, they don't want to work as hard. They don't want to engage. They literally turn. But when they think a teacher likes them, it can be a subject that they struggled in the year before. But all of a sudden, like you said, like bells are ringing. They're making connections. They're interested in doing the the project or whatever because they feel like, do you know what I mean? There's some kind of connection between them and the teacher. And that is just, that's huge and something that I hope, uh, I think can still get stronger even then, even during this time. And I hope that the strength that is developed uh, during this time will pour over once, you know, all this is over and buildings are open across the country and kids are back in. Yeah. I think once teachers see how powerful it is and how nice it is to know your students and their families at that level. And, and we have some stuff we'll link in the show notes, like a, a survey that teacher sends out that's actual, uh, actually virtual. So super easy to do that now and just small things that you can do um, because we know time is valuable and it's it's very hard to find time to do these things but again putting in the effort now especially at the beginning of the school year like ty said it's, you don't have to be your student's best friend right but it's just knowing that your teacher respects you and believes in you is is enough and figuring out what you are doing or what you're not doing who are you calling on who are you not calling on who are you asking questions to who are you not and and, and really digging in there so we can ensure that 
we're setting the bar high for all of our students. And not being afraid to have real conversations with your students mm-hmm. and not being afraid to say, how are you today? How, and no matter where, what your students' background are, but just really seeing them and, and listening. Because so many times you have such a powerful role as an educator to check in from you know a five-year-old to a 25-year-old. How are you doing today? Because we were talking earlier about the news and how overwhelming everything is. So create a safe space check in as humans. We have uh, resources too. We have a little chart that you can use in your class that we have one of our characters, Yoop, of how mm-hmm. are you feeling today? So you can use that as a check-in if you're interested. We'll link that in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. But just remembering to be there for each other, with each other. If you're teaching math, if you're doing reading, if you're doing science, whatever you're teaching, however you're teaching, just remember the human element and open up and just be a little bit more vulnerable and have some of these conversations because everyone's thinking it, everyone's feeling it. And if we can normalize that, then we can really get to some powerful learning, no matter where your students are learning yes. from <laughs> and how. Um, so we appreciate you, Ty. Thank you so much for coming back on this second episode. And um, where else can they find us? Thanks again, Ty. Uh, so for now, you can follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Social and on Instagram at MyIReady. And please be sure to tag us in your posts so we can see all the amazing things you are doing wherever learning is taking place this year. And if you have feedback for us, a topic of interest, or want to be interviewed as a guest on the podcast, please email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We are here for you. So until we meet again, be you be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.